Before we start today's show, I just want to give a massive shout out to Acast for making this show happen. Thanks, Acast. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to the PJ Podcast and happy November. How are we here already? You know what, every year I always get really excited about this time of year. I'm like, oh, spring, summer, it's going to be amazing. And then spring comes and I get really bad hay fever and I always forget how bad it is. Like I wake up with such a runny nose and my eyes swollen. I look like a pirate. Like one of my eyes just goes fully bleh. Anyway, um... <laughs> I think it's like eight weeks. To, what did I say last week? No, I'm not going to do a countdown until Christmas. Let's not do that. Let's get on to this week's guest. I'm very excited to announce Sophie Hurley is this week's guest on the podcast. And first and foremost, she's one of my oldest and dearest friends. Uh, we went to primary school together. We went to high school together. We played hockey. We boarded. We rode for a season. Well, I did a season. I was terrible. She was amazing. She'll be embarrassed that I made that claim. Um, <laughs> but the reason I wanted to get Soph on today, for many reasons actually, her and I have sort of ended up living kind of a similar life. Um, you know, we grew up in a country area, uh, then kind of after school, lived in cities and travelled overseas and all that jazz. And now we've both ended up back on a farm doing our own thing. And the thing she's doing is absolutely blowing up. Soph is the founder or boss uh, alongside her husband, Sam Hurley, of the brand Honest Wolf. They create amazing bags uh, created out of wool from their farm just out of Hunterville and um, oh man they have just absolutely taken off over the last couple of years and rightly so I think everyone is way more focused in sustainability and purchasing good quality products and that's exactly what they have achieved and I'm so proud um, to have Soph as a friend but also I thought it'd be really cool to get her on today and inspire people whether you know you're based rurally or you're thinking of starting a business Uh, sticking to your guns, and also raising kids at the same time. Uh, Really excited for you to hear this week's chat with Soph Hurley. Sophie Hurley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Pals. Can we go back to Spearsy? Yeah, Spearsy or um, what was your other one? Surfboard at high school? Yeah, surfboard. Itty bitty, Um, teddy committee? uh, Yeah, something with my thumbs. Uh, What did I get? Oh, Snoobies. 
What? Everything that was wrong with me. It was my thumbs, my knees, my boobies. <laughs> and now look at you. You have gone on and flourished into an incredibly successful business owner, which of course I'm getting you on to talk about today. Um, you are primarily a very good friend of mine though. So I suppose a lot of people don't know your your background and your history and um, how you ended up where you are today, which is in the beautiful Hunterville in, in New Zealand. Um when did you first move there and what was your life like prior to being a full-on farmy girl? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, both, both our South Islanders pole ended up in the north. Ripping mid-Canterbury forever. <laughs> Mid-Canterbury forever. <laughs> um, yeah, so moved here after coming back home from travelling um, in London and, and my husband, now husband Sam, said, should we move back to the farm? And that was in 2015. So been here, what is that, seven years, I think? Yeah, that's about seven years. I remember when <laughs> you moved and it was like, whoa, that's quite isolating because we were all still, a lot of your friend groups were still very much living in the city and living mm-hmm. quite a city-based life. Were you pretty nervous to make that move? Yeah, like going from... You know, we'd all been living, having a great time in Auckland and then traveling the world, um, all at different stages. And then and then for Sam and I, it was the right time for us to move back um, to the farm. And, and it was, I think we were 25, which is quite young yeah. to move back to somewhere, you know, I hadn't ever imagined myself in the North Island, <laughs> let alone where I was now. And um, yeah, for all your all my friends to still be doing various other things around the world, it was quite quite hard transition but um just made sure that I don't know would always say yes to people coming down or, or going to see people and you guys are always really good at that and, um, yeah like is that would you say that's the biggest piece of advice for people who have ended up in a rural situation because I have so many people say how the hell do you make friends like this is really mm-hmm. isolating and it's really challenging you obviously did find it hard because I look at you and I'm like, oh my God, you've got so many friends. Like you're always socialising. Were you, were you oh like that God. when you first moved there or has that taken time to build up that kind of network around you? No, I think that's actually really under-talked about how hard it is for someone to move to the country. And to literally start from scratch, I had no friends in the era. I had my lovely cousin M cousin friend and cousin um <laughs> Fuzzy. and um had no one else in the area that I was friends with before I knew Sam really challenging for the first few years and and I think since um there's a yeah a few things that helped change that was getting into my hockey huntable hockey team um do they funny. have enough people for a hockey team <laughs> I know, I know. no offense <laughs> <laughs> um, they're actually really good now in comparison to when I was in it. But, really? um, um And, yeah, Huntable hockey team and then um, just getting amongst some local things. And because and I, I was driving down to work every day, and so that probably actually made it quite difficult to meet people too. Because So where were you working really and how far was that drive every day? So I was working in Fielding, which is an hour – at that time it was an hour 20 each way. So you were so doing like nearly like, three hours driving a day? Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> it was oh it was kind of like flatting on the farm, and I'd just kind of sleep here and and then go into work and 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 I did that for like four years, and it wasn't um it wasn't I didn't see it working long term, obviously. Oh my just, god! 
And then, like, when you went to fielding, because how big's fielding for anyone listening? Like, is it kind of like a, is it like a mastered in size? Is it like a big town or is it? Do you think people are going to know Masterton and Fielding? What do we compare it to? Get true, um, actually. I, I just called Masterton a big town. Some people will probably disagree. Um, this is our new reality. It's our it really now. is. But it's, it's a great country. reality. It's a great reality. Yeah. But it is, it's a big adjustment. Like, we both came from city life. And I think mm. it, it is, like, you naturally come down in that period when you move. And, like, yeah. you're so used to so much happening. And it's like, whoa. I think I remember initially finding it this is just little things that mm. I would find quite difficult, which is silly looking back. Well, it's actually not silly. It's just what I felt and probably what everyone else does. But, you know, I'd, in the city, we would catch up with friends during the week and go to the gym after work or before work and yeah. get into quite a nice routine of going for a walk with friends. And I found, um, yeah, being a social person in that regard, through exercise and through <laughs> eating, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then you, and then you move into the country and, and both those are, are made a lot more difficult. Yeah. And so you, there's just a lot more effort to go into going to that walk. You might have to drive an hour to go meet a friend for a walk or something. Yes, and you kind of almost have to plan ahead a little bit more, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that was really hard. Um, and I just had to figure out how to, I don't know. <laughs> Stay sane? Going forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Stay sane, yeah. going from that, so what was your job that you were doing in fielding? Like what was your sort of background experience um I was selling advertising for oh, Farms yeah. Weekly which is a newspaper yeah um so that actually was quite a cool role to move into coming here because it meant um I was looking after um I wasn't I was selling advertising and um another aspect of the business as well so it meant that I would travel around the country quite a lot so you made a lot of, of people um, yeah for meetings with corporate clients which meant that you know if I was going to Auckland for work I would stay with friends instead of um, staying in a hotel or whatever or going to Christchurch and seeing my family and 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 work so yeah around that was pretty cool um, yeah. transition to yeah and then what what made you go hey I want to start a business from <laughs> home with my husband was was the job just you know starting to not be so <laughs> fulfilling or had this always been a dream or like how did it come about I think that I think I always knew I wanted, like, I don't know, I haven't really been a businessy person. I was kind of more into sport growing up. But um, but I think I always knew that I wanted to do something myself and like have the flexibility of your own business, although it is tough having your own business. But I think, we, yeah, always knew that. And, um, and so the mix of that drive alongside the literal drive into building every day, I guess. You were like, okay, and, I want to do something from home. Yeah, and yeah. then with the downside of the wool industry at the time, and so wanting to wanting to contribute to bringing the wool back into yeah, that's the amazing fiber that is yeah. And so and so, where did you sort of like the whole concept start? Did you have to get design advice because, I mean, I was not very designing at school. I don't know if you were like who got, who got who gave no, you help not. there. Nah, that was just Sam and I absolutely winging it, which isn't great. But it, it was great. It worked out. But you should see our first few samples. Because um, you yeah, started out with the tote bag. Was that the original, um, the OG Honest Wolf, was it? The the shopping bag? Shopper. Yeah, the casual yeah. shopper. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So it started with that because we saw an opportunity for when plastic bags were being phased out yeah. and in supermarkets or a country, and we saw an opportunity to replace that with, a wool shopping bag so a similar shape and design so it was kind of easy to go with 
the shape because we knew what was working in the in that True. space anyway. And then it was just figuring out, hey, what sort of material do I want to make it out of? And so we went from using wool to putting it into felt. And and then we realized that the felt would be also cool in other bags. And so we launched with like five or six different designs, I think it was. Oh, so you actually mm. started with five or six? Yeah. But the casual shopper was like the, where the idea came from. The hero. From the hero yeah, product. The hero. Is that what they call yeah. it? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> probably. Um, so like when you were in your previous job, like selling advertising and stuff, you would have probably made some contacts. Did that, like in that industry, did that help at all along the yeah, way? Yeah, because I think, because I was in the ag industry when I was working here and then alongside, when I was working in Auckland, I worked in a couple of sales roles for clothing companies and CG company. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess met some corporate clients through that and then but with the ag corporate clients I was you know I had close relationships with it was an easy connection to make because they were already aware of the suffrage of the wool industry and and supportive of suffrage and the challenges of the wool industry and and the um and were supportive of the drive to try and do something about it just as many other people are and so yeah those connections really helped with our corporate sales as well because yeah. we, we don't just sell our products just direct to consumer we do it to corporate clients too so well I, rec- cool. I reckon that's what um has really connected with people in the country over the past couple of years well here all around new zealand like people want to support local and people want to support businesses that are getting creative with sustainability in their current situation and like you guys have just done that and i reckon you have sort of inspired a number of other people around the country who may be in similar positions to you and I and they might be married to a farmer or they might be a farming couple and they're like, okay, well, this isn't our full potential. We can totally take advantage of this situation a bit more. And maybe previously people were afraid to do that because people hadn't done it. So I think it's amazing that you're showing the potential of what can be done with these natural resources. That's big drive of what we do. We talk to so many people every yeah. day, you know, saying with these cool ideas. And, and the trouble is, is that how do you actually put them into fruition? And and we had no idea. And there were so many barriers that came up that nearly stopped us. But um, but I think it's because there's no real place to go to, you know, in New Zealand. The man, manufacturing is out of New Zealand now, and um, you know, a lot of the manufacturing, sorry. And it is isn't easy just to go to someone up the road and say, Hey, I've got this idea, and and how do we do it? And and so that's really cool talking to people that have got these ideas and helping them navigate that because we yeah. it took us a long time to launch I guess because we didn't have we didn't really ask any questions we didn't really know who to ask yeah either yeah and I suppose um, and like you don't have all the answers at the beginning right you kind of just have yeah. to not blindly chase the dream but you just have to stick at it and sometimes like it doesn't all make sense but yeah. if you just keep going and you're so passionate, then you will work it out in the end. I'm assuming. I don't know. It's just what <laughs> I'm kind of gathering. Would you say? Like, oh yeah, I think that um, it's like it's been quite cool working in a team with Sam in that regard because he, whenever I've been like, shit, this is oh, I can't say. <laughs> you can say shit. It's fine. <laughs> um, this is really tough, and and he's been like, well, why? Like you know, he's just like, well, you know, he just sort of drives me to get past those barriers, which is been quite a cool part of our relationship we never thought we'd be working together and, and that's yeah whenever it gets a bit challenging he's he's kind of business figures it, figures so it out would that so, what yeah. would be your advice to those people who are sitting on like this gem of an idea 
but then they just don't back themselves or they're like, oh, it's too hard or like, nah, it won't work. Do you have any advice that you can look back on yourself when you're in that position and you wish someone said to you? Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I definitely think just um, the things that you think are hard aren't. Like, mm. I, I think that... Um, well, that's probably not good advice, but <laughs> I think that what was what was stopping me is the bits that I didn't know about, but someone does know about. Like the logistics of getting our wool to India and back. Someone's already shipping something over to India, and you know, it's, it's worth, and don't be like, afraid to ask for help. Yes, yeah. yeah. And so I guess it's learning from what we didn't do as well because we tried to figure that out and um, had a few mistakes along the way that nearly cost us the business. Yeah. Um, but that's what you hear with all successful yeah. businesses. Like you're meant to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And like give, to give you an example there, we, we sent a whole um, shipping <laughs> container load of wool to India. Yeah. Um, like 16,000 kilos. And it was on the boat in Napier, ready to go. And I'd done all the paperwork myself to get it, you know, all the customs declaration and things. Yeah. And, um, what and I was supposed to, this was in February, I was supposed to go to a wedding that day. This is this year, like year two in the business. And, um, Shit. And, the, and I got a phone call being like, this is, has to come off, the sh- this is going to get across to India and come straight back because the declaration, you've done it all wrong. You're joking. <laughs> and so I sat in the car at a wedding trying to f- figure this whole thing out for like five hours. And anyway. Long story short, get someone to help you to do So wait, things. did it go to India? It got to India and it stayed in India. Yes. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would not yeah. trust myself to be in charge of important forms. Is that your role in the in the business? Do you have to do all the nitty-gritty paperwork? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. But you're so t- hence, I'm trying to delegate. <laughs> yeah, but your team has, has grown, hasn't it? So how many are in the Honest Wolf team now? Yeah, so the Sam and I, who's obviously Sam's on the farm, full-time, but he also helps with Otis Wolf a growing amount yeah. um, as as we can, as we continue to grow. And then we've got Rosie and Annabelle, who Rosie's been with us. She was living on the farm with us. Um, her partner, Morris, is working on managing the far, uh, one of the farms. And he, and so she found herself up here as well, another South Island girl. And, yes. Um, didn't, have a, didn't have a role, you know, found herself in the, in the middle of the valley. And, and so... She helped us initially packing our orders out of our living room um, when it outgrew just, just me and Sam doing it. So that was cool. And then now she is in our shop with in Huntful, which um, Annabelle is in there too. And they are, yeah, in there every day of the week. And, um, Amazing. I want to talk amazing. about your I shop. Want to do it with that one. I want to talk about your shop because it's been on like seven sharp. 
Has it? Wasn't the opening? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was. was you guys have been on Country that's... Calendar. You've been on Seven Sharp. You've been in the Air New Zealand magazine. Like you guys have been everywhere over the last year, particularly. Um, was there a sudden growth, or has have you seen it sort of be a gradual kind of movement? That was yeah. That was all really. I feel like people might be sick of us, but they all came to us. <laughs> and, um, they all came to us. They came to me, just, guys. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I didn't want to. Um, no, no, no. I, I don't. Like, I know like what you mean. all this, I don't know, um, media content. But, it, yeah, it was awesome. Um, I think just... Sophie, I'm going to stop you there because you're the most yeah. humble person in the world. Look at you. Stop playing it down. It's amazing. You should be proud of it. <laughs> well, it's embarrassing when you're seeing your face and everyone's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> you make bags. <laughs> we make bags. God. But did you, did you see, like, a huge jump and um and buyers and and after yeah. that yeah actually like initially when we first launched it was crazy we were up packing orders for the first couple of months until midnight alongside having a new baby and <laughs> and um and then so that was yeah it was initially just a really steep growth curve i think because of social media yeah that we wouldn't be where we are but yeah. so that was cool and then yeah growth trying to catch up with growth alongside getting the products made like, and getting the confidence to actually put in larger orders. So initially we were like selling out, which is great, but not great when you're growing and people are landing on your website and there's nothing in stock. So um, it was just about building the confidence to put in larger orders. And and then once we had built that confidence, it was really great timing that country calendar and seven sharp and et cetera got in touch because we had the product there to support that media attention I guess which was cool and, is it um, or is it yeah, not true that you got a lot of orders after country calendar yeah it was I think at one stage there well they didn't order this but I think at one stage there was like 30,000 people on the website and I messaged our website developer who's a friend <laughs> um is this gonna work <laughs> is this gonna crash guys <laughs> which was really it was really cool but yeah it was um a busy time packing yeah orders after that which was cool to reach a um a market that wasn't um that we hadn't reached out to before and there's a lot like country calendars viewed by a lot of people in various cities across the country and, and to reach like put wool into those new markets is um everything we're trying to do so that was really cool so yeah it was hectic <laughs> hectic would be uh one word to describe your lifestyle over the last couple of years because yes you have had Two children, not just one, two. Uh, so Harry was born, literally, was that after the conception of Honest Wolf, like a few months after? Or was it the other way around? He was born and then other Honest Wolf around. started. Yeah. Oh yeah, so God. we we came up with the idea in 2018 and yep. then launched in June 2020. And yep. Harry was born just a couple months before that. So he was born in February and then we launched in June. So, um, and actually, we were actually supposed to launch in March, but we all know what happened that year. Yeah. So, um, so actually, it, it, the timing with having newborn and things, it actually worked out when we could start shipping, when we were allowed to start shipping. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, it was good timing in June. And amazing that you could be at home with him, I guess, during this. You didn't have to go away anywhere. anywhere. You could just do your work at home and have Harry mm-hmm. at home. Yeah, that was the whole, that was a huge importance of launching it. Is to, and what, what we always draw back to is we wanted this business so I could be at home and with the children and be around them and um, 
And so he grew up with Honest Wolf, and I know exactly how old Honest Wolf is because of him. And <laughs> That's was, so cute. And he was in the room um, every day packing orders with me. And eventually when he started not just sitting down, he started crawling and then started walking. And he thinks he's being helpful now. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, he he grew up with it and, and various developments of it. But as he has got older, he, it became more difficult yeah. to create that balance and so hence we've got some help yeah with packing orders and well everything that Rosie and Annabelle helped me with really but um, not only a toddler you've just had uh gorgeous Gussie who was born a few months ago and then you literally opened your brand new shop in Hunterville I know that it looked amazing but I also know that behind the scenes that was bloody stressful yeah it's that the timing of both of launching Honest Wolf and opening the shop people might I think it was a bit silly to do around when to have, having two young children, but it, uh, there's probably never any right time. No. And there was an opportunity for the shop to open. Um, well, you know, we, we got the rental space, which was actually really hard to find a rental in Huntable. Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised. And then, the, and then, um, and then yeah, when that space came up, it was like, okay, well, it's now or never. This is not someone else is going to take it. And so, yeah, having, having Gussie, I think she was four weeks old when we launched the business and, and it was, I look back and be like, what the hell was I doing? Why did I do that with a four-week-old baby? Mm. We gussy, but she, I remember on the day we opened, we had a few people over for launching drinks. Launch drinks? <laughs> Some Launch drinks, drinks yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and I think we were open from like 12 and then maybe to like six or five or something. And I remember getting in the car with mum and dad on the way home and I just burst into tears. I was like, whoa, I am so exhausted. I am not and, surprised. Yeah. Just didn't know where I was that whole time. Like, I think I was just in pilot mode. Uh, yeah. That's not the word either. No, that mode. is. No, no, no. Auto mode. Autopilot. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Mom brain. <laughs> Mom brain. And just, yeah, it was a really, um, it was an amazing time and it's such a cool part of our business. And I, I don't know if I really got to really enjoy that launch of the shop um, because, um my priority was Gussie and I just wanted mm. to soak in all of Gussie. And, and so I was just doing what I needed to do. And so, yeah, I was, I was trying to work when, um, you know, in the middle of the night feedings and um, right. girls at all sorts of hours to try and help me get things done. And yeah, just quite sleep deprived over that time. But as every new mother is, it was a hard time. Like it's not all what it seems on Instagram. There's a lot of work from not just me, but a lot of people on in and um, a lot of, a lot of tears. Well, well, like, as you and I have spoken about, like, I hate the term work-life balance. I know you do too. Like, I just don't think it actually exists. I don't think anyone is ever fully content in their situation because they'll be thinking, shit, I should be doing that or, oh, I could be doing that more. So say I was just a full staying-at-home mum right now, I'd be like, damn it, I'm missing out on doing that. But you're, you know, chasing this dream whilst you've still got two kids, but you probably feel like, oh, you're not there for your kids all the time. It's like, how do you actually... I don't think anyone ever fully has it together. I I think I remember reading something once and it's like there's, I don't know, four pillars or whatever and yep. you can never get all four of them. No. Balanced. And I honestly think, yeah, some days I'm like, great, this balance, I've nailed it. Like, yeah, good. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Done the work I needed to do. I mean, you're always behind on work, but yeah. whatever. But you're like, done what I needed to do-ish that day and now I'm soaking in the kids. But then something else drops off and... <laughs> 
And like I mean, I dropped um, Harry at play centre la- last week, and he's got this awesome little group of boys there that he plays with him. So I needed to to drop him there and and needed to go to work, and it was I just remember being like, this is really tough. Like I kind of want to be there for him to soak that in, but I also know that he's having a great time there, and I need to get this done so that we can hang out later. Yes. And, um, yeah. But I remember just that whole drive being like, oh god, this is. Yeah, I don't know. You just you can never get it right, and I'm always trying to figure out how. And you, you just have it. to, yeah. I hate saying it, but not be so hard on yourself because you're literally doing the best you can, and no one is ever going to nail it. And yeah, they're going to be, as you say, there'll be days where you do feel like you nail it, and there'll be days where you completely don't, and it goes tits up. And I just think yeah. that's part of this whole journey for everyone yeah. on on the ride. You know, like I don't think you're ever gonna have it perfect all the time no and I think we need to like express that it's not gonna be and yeah it's always something that's gonna be <laughs> even looking at and, you it looks like you've got everything you know sorted out I look at you and I'm like Sophie's just got life now down but the reality is behind the scenes it is bloody emotional right out. and bloody yeah. stressful and as hope, well like I hope I don't portray that though that um that it is all together but I guess it's just certain things that you don't need to show no exactly um, and I I think it's good to have something to I think it because it's funny people always say you want the warts and all on 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 social media all the time which I think there is a part for that there is also something for showing the good and you know and and showing the things that you're proud of and Mm. the successes I don't think there's anything wrong with that Um, I think sometimes we get it's definitely trying to figure out how much you do show on social media and it's like why why are we showing it as well because um you know a lot of our followers engage with us because they see the behind the scenes of the farm and they're like going on what's what's happening with the science behind the scenes of the business and so i try to showcase business behind the scenes but um family behind the scenes everyone's got stuff going on well i know it's actually a lot of people want to know more about your family that must be a whole new territory for you to navigate because like you literally launched bags and now all of a sudden there's kind of this expectation to be yeah. showing your family and yeah, yeah how do you how do you work out how much to show I yeah I think initially at the start when we only had social media you know only had a few followers whatever, yeah. and Harry was growing with the business and so Harry was sort of in the room packing he was just sort of there and so I was just yeah. him and, and it was cool and then I was like as we're growing I um then there's a, there's a few more people and there's, there's some various messages that you get. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll just um just tap it back a little bit. and Yeah. And, but it's also our family story is what makes Honest Wolf. And so it's a real balance of, I don't know, people. And I, I love that people know what's going on the farm and, and um, the realities of what goes on with Sam on the farm and, and what various farmers, or, you know, many farmers around the country are going through. And I try yeah, to yeah, showcase yeah. that as well as the family side. and. And because we are just like any other family, it's not. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess more and more people are just trying to see behind the scenes of, I don't know, of everyone's life. Well, I just find just, it's such know. a new territory to navigate mm. when you've got children in the picture and social media. Mm. It's always been one of well, like, yeah, oh. well, for you as well. Like you've just had with Charlie. And, I know. And, and I, I, you know, previous to having a child, I was always really like, oh, you know, I don't know how I feel about um, babies going on until they can actually make the decision mm. and make that conscious choice. But now I've had Charlie and I'm like, oh, that's a cute photo. And like, yeah. and I'll, I'll upload these photos and then I'm like, oh, have I done too much? And I sort of pull back and I always feel a little bit, 
I don't know, I have waves of ickiness. I'm like, oh, was that too much? But I don't know. It's such a hard one. It's, it's a whole new thing that we all have to figure out as, as yeah. mums with, with social media. And yeah, it's, it's a weird concept that no, you've got no, you can't get any advice from anyone. No. no one really done it before. I think you've just got to do what feels right to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, interesting uh, navigating. That's just a whole new can of worms. Um, yeah, I actually got a really funny question on Instagram the other day. Did you um, what? We put up a, we put up a question box, and it's really cool seeing the engagement of people. What actually people want to know? Yeah. I, anyway, someone wrote in saying, "So, how do you meet a farmer?" Oh my god! <laughs> someone asked me this too. Uh, what is your advice? Uh, I just saw a tall guy in a room, and I was like, "Great, he's taller than me, and he happened to be a farmer, so I've got no advice." <laughs> and I wasn't looking for a farmer. I don't. No. I reckon you don't. I don't know. I think if you're actively looking for it, you won't find it. So we were probably. Oh, you've got you've got beach um, sportsman beach, but we were both into his forty people, and Hills and I actually met rowing, but we don't actually remember it. Really? Um, Did you think you'd end up with a farmer? I no, would have. I, I would have so. thought you'd probably end up with a farmer. Probably, probably like in the back of my mind, Dad being like, because you grow up. Yeah, you grow up on yeah. a farm. For those who don't know, Polly and I used to live like 20 minutes away from each other on the farm. Well, yeah. I was on a farm and Polly was pretty much a farmer. On I farm. Well, I lived in Methvin and my uncles were farmers and then I'd go to Mount Summers, Mayfield, and visit Soph. And mm. um, Annabelle, your mum, would make the most amazing um, – it was like an apricot slice, but it had like uh, white chocolate. Yes. Did mm, she? Was yeah. that the one? No, she had white chocolate cranberry biscuits. Oh, white chocolate cranberry biscuits. Was there one with that? Oh, no, and that? the apricot slice with the coconut on top. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Annabelle was elite. She was elite. So good at cooking. She's, she's like Belzy. Belzy, yeah, Belzy. She knows her way around the kitchen. I am unfortunately <laughs> not the same farmer's wife as what she was. And I'm always trying to match up to her cooking. Well, there's another thing. Up. There is such a pressure on being a farmer's <laughs> wife. Like, yes. which I don't think is as much as it used to be. But, like, for me... For you yeah. coming into this role, it's like, so I'm meant to bloody cook and clean and put out the washing. It's, and work. And, yeah. And with babies. I just feel like farmer's wife, the, the amazing farmer's wife that can do all of that. Yeah. Like how? Can you give us a lesson? Because Yeah, can you? But also <laughs> the expectation shouldn't be there. And I honestly think yeah. that it is, it is changing. It is totally changing. You know, women who are farmers' wives are doing exactly what you're doing. They're running businesses. They're doing cool, kick-ass things, which I think is yeah. awesome to see that shift. It's a, an expectation that shouldn't be there in today's day and age. Hundred percent. I want to talk about something which um, oh, is is pretty intense that I know you went through a couple of years ago. And when I heard this story, and now that I've got a baby. And I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, it really sent shivers down my spine. Um, you do you want to talk about? I, is it okay if you chat about it? That what happened yeah, with yeah. your beautiful son Harry? Like I am actually comfortable talking about it because I think there's importance to share a couple of points that happened because um, because a few things were missed in Harry's diagnosis and yeah. um, and I just. I really like to tell who I can so that if anyone hears of any similar symptoms, yeah, get them checked. Anyway, uh, so Harry, darling Harry, he was a week old um, and started stealing yellow. Mm-hmm. And so we took him to a hospital and we were there for four days and it was misdiagnosed as a lactation issue. Um, <sighs> he was spewing, yeah, bright yellow spew and um, 
it wasn't cost him, um, but, but they kind of thought it was because of how old he was. But and he was losing weight, not keeping any feeds down. And anyway, that after four days stopped, and so we were sent home, and we were home for five weeks, and then it happened again at six weeks, and he started spewing yellow again after every feed. And for three days, every doctor, every healthline plunker, everyone was telling me it's fine. And it's just a reaction to his six-week injections, which mm-hmm. um, I never agreed with. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know. Do you just knew? So did you just know something thing. Something else was up? Could you feel that yeah. in your bones? I think that's why I asked. I rang a doctor. I rang health. I rang plunker. I was waiting for someone to be like, this isn't right, even though yeah. I knew myself. And um, everyone around me was like, look, listen to the doctors. They're saying it's normal. And it had already happened and he was fine. And then again at six weeks. Anyway, I got this, finally got this one lady on the phone after three days. Um, and they all of a sudden ordered a ambulance to come to the farm. Was she was she part of the hospital she or? Health one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think this was like Easter Friday, actually. So it was. Yeah, a lot of things were closed. And lockdown, sorry, as well. So level four lockdown. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, rang. So the ambulance was on its way. Um, and then as, and you stay on the phone as you were talking to them. And Sam, Sam left the house because there's no cell phone reception where we are. He left the house to go down to the driveway to make sure that. They knew where to come. Yeah, they knew where to come. Yeah. Um, and so that takes about an hour for them to come from, I think they were coming from Taipei that time. And so he waited down there while he was down there. Things started deteriorating with Harry and his science was showing me I needed to do CPR. Mm. So I was starting to do that on Harry. Um, oh, sort of monotone talk about it, but, um, you know. Oh, my God, I just time. take your time because I cannot um, imagine how traumatic that would be. Sort of like better to just, just spit it out. <laughs> it's um, okay, so if it's then, okay, it's just me. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so I feel like I'm just, I'm just talking to you. But, um, and then... What happened? I mean, um, yeah, so things were deteriorating. So they sent a helicopter. Um, and then because it was locked down, Sam wasn't able to come in the helicopter with me. Oh, my God. Um, so we were flown to Wanganui. He wasn't initially allowed in the hospital there. Yeah. Um, and they didn't know what was going on. He was still spewing yellow. And, and then there happened to be this um, amazing doctor that knew it wasn't right. So he rang Wellington. The pediatrician team said, get him down to Wellington straight away. So then we had to wait for a health plane a life flight plane and yeah jumped on a plane and and Sam again wasn't allowed to come he had to drive oh down God. to Wellington and sort of sit outside the hospital in Wellington and, and we yeah we, we got down there and I think at the time we were the only plane in the north in the whole country there might have been one other plane in Auckland in the sky oh my god um and I remember being buzzed out about that because I'm scared of flying anyway and I like <laughs> knowing that other planes are in the sky yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean and, Knowing there was only one other plane in the whole country, I was like, and it was really windy coming into Wellington as always. And and how tiny anyway. was it? Like literally, like a little crayon? Or? Yeah, like a little, little like four seater plane. Oh my thing. god! And they were amazing. All this stuff, and they were amazing. And then, um, uh, yeah, Sam was allowed to come into the hospital eventually when things turned, and he had a bowel malrotation surgery. So what does that mean? Kind of his bowel was twisting and untwisting. Oh my god! Um, and it's something that he was born with. Yeah. Um, but because it was untwisting from when he was a week old to six weeks old, it was yeah. So that's why it stopped for a certain period of time. And so yeah, they had to do surgery, and it was um, the poor wee guy was such a little fighter, and he 
came through amazingly. And yeah, oh, look at him now. He's such a healthy little boy. Oh, you never know. He calls his little scar an owie. Oh. <laughs> <My> owie. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was a, God, that lockdown COVID time was just horrific. Yeah, well, I was in hospital for a week through that time and, and not having any family allowed to come in. Mum and dad were in Wanaka and oh, there's just so many stories like it from everyone around the country. Doesn't make your situation any less tough though. No, it's just, um, yeah, it's just crazy to look back on that on that time. I mean, we're still some restrictions on visitors and hospitals and things, but yeah, to not have that support was really tough. And I, I found myself realising how my mind was going after mm. the surgery and I knew he was fine and um, but it was everything that I'd gone through before that, like being in an isolated area when something goes wrong like that, uh, and on the farm, sorry, and a helicopter coming in lockdown and then being taken to hospital again in a pretty much isolated area. You're only allowed to talk to your nurse and doctors that come in, no family support or anything. I found my mind going into a really anxious my state. God, of course, as you would. Like you would no yeah. doubt have PSD, PTSD from that. Surely. Yeah, so I actually did get diagnosed with PTSD. Really? Yeah. And and it was from my own pushing to get some, I, you know, in the hospital I could see what was happening. Like mm. I, had, I had a reasonable, well, hopefully a good mind. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I knew what was happening and so I just wanted to get on top of it before it got worse. And so the surgeons were amazing, put me onto this amazing psychologist. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she was amazing and she just helped me recognize you know she helped me through a couple of months of getting through that and recognizing yeah. everything that had happened that time and good on uh, you for yeah. seeking help then because I can imagine it would be easy to just push that down you know mm. not deal with it but yeah it yeah. takes a lot of courage to actually seek out help in that time um, yeah yeah no it does and, and I would just highly recommend it to anyone that's gone through anything but or, also yeah, you know if for anyone listening at home who is living rurally and they've got little ones, jeepers, like that just makes me want to do a CPR course. Even though I've done CPR in the past, mm. you know, or or have a certain kit, like did it make you like think, oh my God, I need more supplies at home or, know, you know, how did it change your approach? I, I think I, um, I think in a, I talk about this with a friend of mine who lives up the road, um, and who's got young kids and I think it makes you like in the city or in town you probably wait to the last minute yes. or not last minute but you you make that decision later when you need to go seek help whereas I think that I jump in the car go to the doctor or at least go to my lovely parents-in-law's house which is closer to town and sort of base myself there if the kids are sick and I so that you're that little bit closer or you know you just have to make that decision earlier mm. um yeah and but yeah, there's there's been a few moments where you've, I've just had to rush in the car, and and it's really that yeah the anxiety because of what had happened to me. But I feel like just a mum anyway. Yeah, it's just yes, there's just a whole new level of love and responsibility, and well, your love is the who knew who knows what do you even call it? It is um for your kids, and and just yeah, to to be so far away from help is really really hard. So. Yeah. I actually don't have a kit that I should have. I actually don't know what, I feel like, is there a business? Oh my God, there is. So I follow, um, it's actually based in Australia. It's Tiny Hearts Education. Um, I follow that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they release a kit. And I saw she's like, buy this kit. And I'm like, should I? Or I'm like, "Eh, is is this necessary? Do I need it? 
but yeah. it, it has made me think shit I need to review what I've got at home just because we are a bit further away and like yeah. you just don't want to get caught out and mm, it's always yeah. better to be safer than sorry I reckon yeah 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 no I agree and it, yeah they just that I don't know every new mother in hospital or maybe antenatal classes instead of just talking about just the birth yeah 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 can I talk about just some things like that or how to be a mother or also just also just teach basically I'm sure about. there'll be someone listening who probably does do some courses so please reach out and I'll um I'll post yeah. about it if you do you know have those things just to prepare mothers for stuff you don't want to prepare for but you kind of need to be ready for just in case mm. it's like what is it what's the saying uh prepare for the worst but expect the best or is it expect no, the worst and prepare <laughs> oh no I don't oh, know oh god I don't know anyway I don't even know. <laughs> yeah but um but oh my god I'm just so sorry for what you went through so and but I have seen like it's almost like that moment made you so much more grateful to be a mother, eh? And you just really, yeah. really grew into that role of being a mum afterwards. And it's just been so beautiful to watch. You're just such a natural mum. I think that it made me just enjoy every, I don't know, it was taken more than maybe what I would have otherwise. Yeah. Um, because we were just so lucky to have our wee boy and, and come through his surgery. And, and yeah, and just taking in all the moments of, I, you know, I am... Sam's up and does call me a helicopter mum. <laughs> but I would rather be that way at the moment yeah. um, and work through you know, everything we went through. And, and, 100%. Um, and, yeah, it does. It has probably made me a different mother as what I would have otherwise might have been. Yeah, um, but that's, but that, yeah. you know, it's perfect for what's happened, you know, and I just think you're amazing. We caught up the other day and you're a super mum, so keep doing what you do. Oh, can we just talk about how much of Polly is a super mum? Okay, um, this is Polly growing up. Oh no, there's the like, home phone. Damn it. Uh, this always goes off in the podcast. I'm surprised ours hasn't run. We're probably the only two people in the country who've got home phones. Mum, do you want to get it? <laughs> anyway. Um, can we talk about though Polly growing up? Just no. Briefly. Oh, okay. Okay, Polly growing up was like the least, like, she'd hold a baby or hold a child. <laughs> Oh, please. <laughs> the most awkward. So awkward. With children. And then now, being with Charlie was just so natural and so beautiful. And you're a wee darling boy. And you, oh, it was just so special. With Until he shat all like, over himself oh. twice in the establishment. And, and you're walking around with your nipple out. Oh, my God. I was like, I've done that so many times because you just get so comfortable at home. I, yeah, I feed with my boobs out all the time at home, right? And so going into an establishment, I'm still not used to like pulling my top up or or hiding it. Um, It was great. And it was full out, like full out. So thank you, Soph, for saving me from a very embarrassing moment. Um, We've already match made Charlie and Gussie for. um, Oh, yeah, they're going to date one day. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to be a couple and they're going to be so cute. Anyway. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Soph. It's been, well, it's been nice just for an excuse to catch up again. But like, I've just been talking, so I'm like, okay, what have I said? No, it's been so good. And I think particularly for people living rurally, this chat will be really beneficial for them. So thank you for taking time out of your super busy day and, um, and sharing your story. Hey, we got through it. No, we babe. Yeah, I just saw you looking down. Are you looking down at the monitor? Yeah, it's just here. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think Charlie might still be asleep. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Normally he'd be oh, up by now. Oh, that is a miracle we got through. We made it. Oh, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> That was my episode with Sophie Hurley, the founder of Honest Wolf Bags out of Hunterville, Aotearoa. Amazing products. If you haven't checked them out um, before, I recommend uh, you follow them along on the journey on Instagram, Honest Wolf. Um, They often do some giveaways and cool things like that. Make sure it's the real account though. Because like many accounts, I know there have been some phony ones imitating them lately doing pretend giveaways. So make sure you um, follow the real one. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. Um, If you liked it, leave a review. Do a cheeky little subscribe if you haven't done so, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'll be back with a full episode next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.